on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird. Here on the line, here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as the weekend is almost here. Hope you're all doing well on this Friday, May 12th, 2023. I'm Jacob Goins with you in the studio here for the next two hours on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Uh, no Carter Bird as of yet. He is on the way. Uh, he had to uh, wrap up an appointment this morning, and so he is on the way uh, uh, he should be joining us in the back end of hour number one and then all of hour number two. So you've got me solo for the first 30 minutes of the show today. I uh, hope you're all doing well. Friday is here. A little bit cloudy. Temperature supposed to be a little warmer this weekend. And so I uh, hope you all can stay cool and enjoy the weekend. I uh, hope you all had a fantastic week. Any big plans coming up this weekend? Maybe you got some stuff going on. Uh, but again, hope all is well with you on this Friday afternoon. Lots to talk about on the show today. Uh, lots of news for Auburn Athletics and uh, we saw a, a quarterback transfer for Auburn who a guy that left Auburn has committed to play somewhere else. We'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. I'll give you updates on uh, Auburn softball uh, Auburn baseball as well as softball will be playing in the semifinals today against South Carolina. I believe they get going right around 3 o'clock uh, weather permitting. They've dealt with so much weather over there this week. Uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where the SEC tournament's being played. So hopefully they get their game in today. And then Auburn Baseball... They play their first game uh, starting right about right now over in Oxford, Mississippi, as long as the weather holds over there as well. They will be playing a doubleheader today, Will Auburn Baseball. Uh, their first game of the series yesterday was, uh, it was canceled, or not, shouldn't say canceled, it was postponed until today because of weather. And so they'll play a doubleheader starting at 2 o'clock and then 6 o'clock with the series finale tomorrow at 2 o'clock over there in Oxford, Mississippi. So throughout today's show, we'll give you up updates on Auburn baseball, Auburn softball. We'll talk some more football, some transfer portal news, all that good stuff. Uh, kind of get you ready for the busy, busy weekend uh, that is in sports. And so Look, lots to lots to talk about today. Also, uh, really, really excited. I believe to start hour number two is when we're going to use it. If you missed the interview the other day, from the Max Roundtable, of course, the show that comes on before us here on ESPN 106.7 and ESPN The Ticket there in Montgomery with Doug Amos from 11 to 2. Uh, earlier this week, he had the fantastic opportunity to talk with Peyton Thorne, Auburn's new quarterback transfer. I had a chance to sit down with him and talk uh, on the phone, did Doug Amos, talking to quarterback Peyton Thorne. We have that audio, and Doug was very nice enough to to allow us to use that. And so I believe we are going to play that to start our number two. And uh, Carter and I will give our reactions. I've heard it once already. It is fantastic. You do not want to miss it. If you were not able 
able to catch it live on the Max Roundtable earlier this week. You can catch it right here on On the Line. We'll start hour number two at 3 o'clock with that audio. We'll give our reactions. Uh, he had some really, really good things to say about Auburn, had some good things to say about Hugh Freeze and uh, what it'll be like playing in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And so uh, we'll have that audio for you. It's about a 17-minute interview uh, with Doug Amos and and uh, Peyton Thorne, Auburn's quarterback transfer. So excited to bring that to you. Big thank you to Doug, who is allowing us to use that today. We'll play that right at 3 o'clock to start hour number two. Want to hear your thoughts on that. If you've heard it already, what do you think? If you've heard that interview with Doug and Peyton Thorne, what did you think about it? I'd love to hear from you. But until then, lots to get to, lots to talk about, and you know how it is on Fridays around here. Phone lines are wide open. I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, what are you going to be watching this weekend? What's going to be on your television? What sports are you keeping up with? Is it baseball? Is it softball? Is it golf? Are you watching basketball or hockey in the playoffs still? What's going to be on your TV this weekend? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I'll tell you what I'm doing this weekend. I will be in Birmingham, Hoover to be exact. My sister is playing in a travel ball tournament, huge travel ball softball tournament up in Hoover. And so I will be uh, watching sports in the evenings and keeping up with stuff throughout the day. I'll be watching her play softball all weekend long. And so uh, that's where I'll be. And that's why I brought up the temperature earlier because, man, it's supposed to be in the 90s this weekend, the low 90s this weekend. Spring is is not a thing around here. We are in straight-up summer now in the middle of May here in the state of Alabama. So that's what I'll be doing and keeping up with all the things going on with Auburn, uh, Auburn softball and baseball and the transfer portal, which... You never know. It seems like the snowball continues to get bigger as it rolls down the hill for Auburn in the transfer portal, Auburn football and Auburn basketball, that is. And so you just never know what's going to pop off over the weekend with that as well. But again, phone lines are open. Give me a call. We'd love to hear from you. Carter will join us uh, in the next 30 minutes or so when he gets back into town. And so him and I will have a lot to go over. But give me a call, 334-321-1390. We'll sort of get into this a little bit because... There was some news just a little bit ago, right before, uh, right before we were coming on the air, uh, about TJ Finley, who, of course, was an Auburn quarterback. He announced that he would be entering the transfer portal and leaving, which is why you saw Auburn actively going after a quarterback and you saw them bring in Peyton Thorne. TJ Finley has announced where he will be transferring. And, and look, first of all, with TJ Finley, we hope nothing but the best for him, right? We, we hope that he does well. We hope that he goes and, and is successful and all of that. And he announced that he will be going and transferring to play at Texas State. And so, uh, something a little bit different. That's not really what my guess was. I was thinking somewhere in Louisiana, which is the state he's originally from. Uh, but going to play Texas State, I think it's a perfect size school for him. It's the perfect size program for a guy like him. Uh, he committed today. He'll be in the Sun Belt Conference. And after he graduates from Auburn, uh, he'll be a grad transfer going to Texas State. And so, look, I think it's a perfect size program for him. The potential's there. It is. The, the potential is there. Um, I just think he needs to be at a smaller program, and he needs to be a little bit better. And so with all of that, uh, TJ Finley 
can, good luck. I mean, good luck to you. And uh, going to Texas State, we'll see what he does there. We'll see if he can develop any more while he's there. He's got a couple of years left down there. So uh, TJ Finley announced that he will be transferring to Texas State. And his time at Auburn was just, it was just so complicated, right? There was so much that happened on and off the field that really held him back. Sure, he was here in a tough time. Uh, he was here in, in, a, in an era of Auburn football that just wasn't good. But let's just be honest. T.J. Finley wasn't an SEC quarterback. Nevertheless, an SEC West quarterback. And he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and just couldn't ever get there. Could never take the moment and make it his. He had plenty of chances to be the starting quarterback at Auburn and be successful here uh, and, and just couldn't quite get over the hump. And so he announced that he'll transfer to uh, to Texas State and, and all the best to him. Updates uh, around Auburn athletics, though, I mentioned at the top, talking about Auburn softball, they will... Uh, still be alive in the SEC tournament after a big scare from Ole Miss yesterday. Uh, that game was on during our show when we had Lindsey Crosby in the studio, and Ole Miss jumped all over Auburn softball yesterday. I mean, jumped on them quick and, and, and just a lot with Maddie Pinza in the circle for Auburn softball. Of all the of all the people Auburn could have pitched, that's their best one. She's so good. Okay, she's so good. She was named the SEC Pitcher of the Year. She was just named that. The SEC Pitcher of the Year didn't have her best stuff yesterday against Ole Miss. And they jumped on Auburn pretty quick, but the Tigers are good enough offensively and just good enough all around to where they were able to make a a crazy comeback and a rally, if you will, and they advance to the SEC tournament semifinals where they will take on South Carolina today. Uh, again, weather permitting, they've had really, really big issues with, uh, with weather over in Fayetteville. And so as long as everything goes well, they should play today and have a chance to go and, and play for the SEC championship. But Auburn softball, they rally, they come back, they beat Ole Miss yesterday after uh, it was an eight to seven final. But Ole Miss, in the beginning of that game, if you look at it, Auburn jumped out 2 nothing. right? In the very first inning, Auburn put two on them, and you were feeling good with a 2 nothing lead and Matty Pinta in the circle. And then Ole Miss jumps on you for six runs. Six runs in the top of the third. Auburn responded with three of their own in the bottom of the third to make it a 6-5 lead for Ole Miss. They tack on one more to make it 7-5, and then Auburn scores three in the bottom of the fifth, and they get an 8-7 victory over Ole Miss. And Maddie Pinta actually came in and got the save. And if you haven't seen the clip of her in the postgame interview, it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. It is a pitcher who has confidence in herself and in her team, they asked her, the reporter asked her the question, basically, how were you able to come in and, and win this game when you didn't have your best stuff? And her answer was simple. She said, I'm going to be honest. I'm Maddie Pinta, and that's all I need to say. And that was it. I mean, she said, yeah, I'm Maddie Pinta. And so good for her, man. Good for her coming in. And uh, Auburn softball, they are alive. They, they escape Ole Miss in their first game of the SEC tournament. Auburn at now 40 wins on the year. They take on South Carolina in the SEC tournament semifinals. Again, that game getting started right around 3 o'clock today, weather permitting over in Fayetteville. So 
With Auburn softball in the SEC tournament, Auburn baseball, they are over in Oxford, Mississippi. And uh, no Jack Hutton today because he is over in Oxford, Mississippi uh, at the baseball games. And Auburn, and Auburn baseball didn't get a chance to play game one last night. It got rained out. And so they will play a doubleheader today versus Ole Miss over in Oxford with game three tomorrow on Saturday. And we've talked a lot about what Auburn baseball has to do to get to the postseason and, and possibly, a very slim chance, but possibly host in the NCAA tournament. Now, I don't think they get there. I just don't. I, it's going to be really, really tough. And Carter and I have talked about it quite a bit on on what they have to do to get there. Uh, we talked with Lindsey Crosby of, of Auburn Daily yesterday about what his thoughts were on if Auburn could, Auburn baseball could possibly host. And he basically laid it out and said, look, Auburn could do all the right things, but there's a lot that would have to happen that's outside of their control, and that's what makes it so tough. And when you're in a situation like that, you really just have to get lucky. But Auburn can't be thinking about that. Auburn can't worry about that. Sure, it would be a phenomenal midseason turnaround if they went from a team that was scared and threatening to not even make the postseason and somehow turn it around and host in the NCAA tournament, it'd be unbelievable. But I just don't think that needs to be the concern for Auburn baseball right now. You sit at 27-19-1 and 19 and one overall. You're 11-13 and 13 in the conference, and the number we talk about is 14. 14 SEC wins is where you need to be if you want to feel really, really comfortable in Hoover and then going on in postseason play. 14 SEC wins is where you need to be. And Auburn's at 11. So you have a really, really good chance to improve on that when you take on Ole Miss this weekend and Missouri at home next weekend. Those are the two worst teams in the SEC, folks. Record-wise, standings-wise, it's Ole Miss at 13 and Missouri at the bottom. Those two are the bottom tier of the SEC right now in baseball, which, how crazy is that, that it's Ole Miss and Mississippi State who's right above them at the bottom of the SEC standings. But with that being said, Auburn has a really, really good opportunity to pick up some extra wins and go into Hoover with some confidence. And so you play Ole Miss, you have a doubleheader today, 2 o'clock and then 6 o'clock, and then you have the series finale tomorrow. You come home next week, you play Jacksonville State on Tuesday in the midweek before you take on Missouri to end your season at Plainsman Park on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Out of those six games, Auburn should have no problem getting three wins. You should get more than three wins, if we're being honest. Out of those six games, to end your regular season against the two worst teams in the standings in the Southeastern Conference, you should get minimum three wins. You should get minimum four wins, in my opinion. You should win both series. Without a doubt, you should win both series. Now, playing at Ole Miss is tough. It is. It's tough to play at Ole Miss. They have a great crowd. They've got a little little bit of a weird field, and it's just a tough place to play. But Auburn baseball is getting hot at the right time. They're getting hot at the right time, and you have a great opportunity to take down Ole Miss when they're not as good as they normally are. And so if you're Auburn baseball, 
you have to have the mindset of, okay, we need to win this series. You'd love to sweep the series, but you got to win it. you got to win these last two. You get at least three wins, hopefully four, and put yourself in a perfect position to make the postseason. Now, what would have to happen if they wanted to host at least five and one? I mean, at least five and one in these last two series, plus your midweek over Jacksonville State, and then you got to have some help on the outside. I just don't think they're going to get there. I don't think the cards are going to fall for Auburn for that to be possible. But just handle your business, in my opinion. If you're Auburn baseball, just handle your business this weekend versus Ole Miss and next weekend versus Missouri, and you're in good shape. You can be a two-seed and go somewhere, and let's see what you got. But Auburn's getting hot at the right time. People talk about that all the time. We've had callers tell us that. We say that a lot. In baseball, and really in college sports and sports in general, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And baseball is one of those where coming down the stretch, if you've got momentum, if the bats are working and the pitching rotation is confident, you could do some damage. We're talking about Ole Miss. That's the perfect example. They were the last team in last year. The last team in. And they made a run and won the national title. So Auburn's in a good spot. And coming off of your two best wins of the year, two of the biggest wins across the country this year, against number 2 South Carolina and number 1 LSU, where you run-ruled LSU in the final game, and then you get a really good opportunity to win your last two and have four straight series wins in the SEC to wrap it up, that's big time. That is a momentum driver right there. That's a confidence boost if you're Auburn baseball. They should be feeling good. Take care of business against Ole Miss this weekend, Jacksonville State in the midweek, and Missouri next weekend, and you're feeling good about what you could do in Hoover and what you could do in the postseason. We will update you all show long about what's happening in Auburn softball and Auburn baseball as softball taking on South Carolina in the SEC tournament and Auburn taking on Ole Miss in a doubleheader today. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. How are you feeling about Auburn baseball, Auburn softball? Are you keeping up with it at all? How are you feeling about those two squads as one's in postseason play and the other one is wrapping up the regular season here down the stretch? 334-321-1390. We'll give you some updates and look around what's going on in the world of sports with the playoffs going on and the Braves this weekend. We'll look at all that, and then uh, Carter should be rolling in in the next 10 minutes or so. But give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More of the Friday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. All right, welcome back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7 for the Friday edition of On the Line. An update about Auburn baseball. I missed this before coming on the air, so my apologies. But Auburn baseball in a weather delay over in Oxford. Uh, and they just tweeted about a minute or two ago saying we're aiming for a 345 first pitch. And so uh, they're holding off over there in Oxford with the weather. Uh, it's just that time of year, man. It's just that time of year where the, the weather is going to affect Baseball and softball, and it has absolutely affected everything uh, with baseball's series against Ole Miss being pushed back already to a doubleheader today. Uh, you have the softball tournament in Fayetteville that's been every single game has been pushed back, it seems like, and 
seems like this is always the complaint when uh, the SEC baseball tournament is played up in Hoover, and it seems like that it rains just about every year that they play there, uh, and people, they want it to be moved, and it's like, you're in the South. Where are you going to go where it's not going to rain? Uh, I believe Lindsay was telling us yesterday that maybe we should just play in a uh, – the game should be played in a in a closed stadium somewhere. I don't know where. Or, or get a retractable roof or something so you could get these games in and not have to worry about it. But that's the update on, on Auburn baseball. Again, they just tweeted out saying their uh, planning start time is 345, so we will keep you updated on that. But looking around – Looking around just sports in general as we have a few more minutes before uh, the bottom of the hour break, you've got the NBA playoffs going on. You have the NHL playoffs going on. You've got the Atlanta Braves who are on the road at Toronto taking on the Blue Jays. Uh, The Braves right now playing pretty well. Uh, they're 25 and 12. Their road record is ridiculous. They're 15 and 3 on the road and Comparing that to their home record, which isn't as good, you look at the schedule, all their tough teams and tough games have been at home. I mean, you look at what the Braves have had to do at home versus on the road. They started the year at Washington, bad. At St. Louis, really bad. Then you come home and take on the Padres. That's a tough team. That's a tough series, right? That's when they dropped three or four. Then you had, you did have Cincinnati at home, so that was nice. Then you went to Kansas City, they're bad. You went to San Diego, again, tough squad. But then you were home for Houston, you did get Miami at home, you went to New York, you didn't have to play that entire series. Uh, then you went to Miami, bad. And then you've had Baltimore and Boston at home, which are not easy squads right now, because both of those teams are above 500. We talked about the NL East, or the AL East yesterday, and how good that division is. Every single team is above 500 with the Yankees at the bottom. And so the Braves' road record is a lot better than their home record, and they will be at Toronto this weekend before they go to Texas and have a three-game series there before returning and taking on Seattle, L.A., and Philadelphia all at home. And so they go on another little road trip, and then they got a big homestand for the Braves. And it looks like Strider will be going tonight for the Braves, and so they should be feeling pretty good uh, for their next few series against Toronto and Texas. Uh, baseball, got a lot of that going on this weekend. I mentioned the NBA and NHL playoffs. Uh, you've already had teams eliminated in the second round from the NBA, including... The Phoenix Suns, who uh, have Devin Booker, they've got Chris Paul, and if you remember, the Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant, and yet they're still out by the second round because Chris Paul didn't play, and the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are just that good. And so, uh, if you missed that, that was pretty big news. Also in the NBA, uh, my Boston Celtics extended the series last night. They did get the win. Uh, they'll play in Game 7 over the weekend. They beat the uh, the 76ers in Philadelphia, by the way. Uh, they went into Philly and got the win, extended the series. Game 7 will be uh, on Sunday. Back in Boston, between the Celtics and the 76ers, that one, I uh, don't think they have a start time on it yet. But here's another big game that's going on tonight over in the Western Conference, the Warriors and the Lakers. And if you haven't watched this series at all, I recommend you turn it on. If you don't watch the NBA, I said this when it was all getting started, if you don't watch the NBA or the NHL, at least watch it in the playoffs, right? At least watch it in the postseason when it's exciting, when it's fun, when it matters, right? When they try. I, I get it. I get it. If you don't watch regular season because they don't care, I understand. 
I, I get it. But now we're in the postseason, and it's a lot of fun. And so you have two games tonight, the New York Knicks at the Miami Heat. The Heat are up 3-2 to two as the eight seed, by the way. The eight seed in the Eastern Conference after taking down the one seed in Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis. Now they're about to take down New York. I think they win tonight easily, does Miami with Jimmy Butler, who continues to prove he's one of the best players in the entire NBA. Then in the West, you have Golden State, the Warriors, in L.A., taking on LeBron and Anthony Davis in the Los Angeles Lakers, who, by the way, lead that series 3-2 to two to the Lakers. So they to knock out the Warriors and advance to the Western Conference Finals. Big games tonight in the NBA. Big games over the weekend. Uh, So lots going on right now in the world of sports. You've got all the college stuff going on. You've got all the professional stuff going on. You've got golf going on this weekend. Keep an eye on transfer portal stuff. Should be uh, should be some some stuff going on somewhere, right? Whether it's at Auburn or whether it's across the SEC or across the country, transfer portal is still uh, alive and well. And You just never know what's going to pop off. And so hopefully you're keeping up with all this stuff. Lots to going on. What are you watching this weekend? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. What are you you keeping up with? What's on your TV? What's on your radio this weekend? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. But about to get to our break. When we come back, we'll talk about what Auburn's done so far in the transfer portal, what we could see, and where they could go to make some other additions but give me a call 334-321-1390 Carter should be joining me here coming up just soon you are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you in the studio here on ESPN 1067. Carter uh, rolling in as we speak, and so he'll be joining us here in just a few minutes. Had to uh, wrap up a an appointment, and he should be walking in the door in just a few minutes. But hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon as we get into some conversations, looking around and seeing what has Auburn done in the transfer portal? Where could they go? What other additions could we see Auburn football, Auburn basketball as well, see what they could make? And as I speak, my co-host, as he uh, catches his breath from running through the parking lot, saw him bolting in here. Carter Bird joining me in the studio. Hello, man. How are you? I'm good. People just drive <laughs> so slow, man. It's painful. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and... There's still traffic even after school's been let out. That's the thing. Well, I mean, it's it's people driving 15 miles an hour below the speed limit is what's killing me. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll hold you up. Well, glad you're here. Hope everything went well, and glad to see you uh, and have you in the studio. I had to solo it for a little bit, like old times. But, uh, <laughs> no, you're here. We're good. And, um, yeah, let's really – I know you were listening on the way in, but just really talking about uh, Auburn baseball. Is there in a weather delay over in Oxford? Uh, Auburn softball is there are getting going around three o'clock weather permitting we'll see what that looks like uh and then just kind of recapping everything and previewing what's going on over the weekend so. i'm like kind of worried that the the delay for auburn baseball is gonna have some impact on this series and it's gonna result in auburn having a letdown wouldn't that be the most auburn thing ever is you have so much momentum you have so much just stuff you have so much to gain from this series because you need the wins and then 
you have to play these double headers and everything squeezed together, and you just drop it and, and you play. You just play a bad series if you're Auburn. Hopefully not, but they can't afford to to get swept. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean they they need to win the series. You should win the series. Um, I'm kind of I our our goal that we have set out for this Auburn team. If you're an Auburn fan trying to host, was that five and one? I heard you talking about it earlier. I think this needs to be the two and one weekend because I just think the the external factors for whatever reason are going to make it more difficult uh, for for you to uh, sweep. Also, I just noticed that you have a pudding. Yeah, that here. was from that was from Tracy. She walked in during the break. <laughs> and Tracy, who is our wonderful office exec and just makes Auburn Network run, she poked her head in here and she said, "Do you want a pudding cup?" And I said, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> They're so, so good, but I I don't think I've had one since I was in the first grade. I, it's been a long time, but I've, <laughs> we've been talking about it. it. You know, she's you know she was looking for stuff like that, and I was like. Pudding, absolutely, and so yes, I I'm not actively, but during the breaks, yeah, I am I am eating a, a pudding cup as a like a child. But let's talk about some Auburn football and some Auburn basketball transfer portal in general. Uh, we've seen Auburn uh, get some guys in the portal. Obviously, the big one that everybody is excited about, Peyton Thorn, uh, the quarterback transfer. And if you missed me talking about it to start the show at the start of hour number two, so at the top of the hour, three o'clock. Right when we start, we're going to play the interview that Doug Amos, the host of the Max Roundtable that comes on 11 to 2 before us here on ESPN 106.7 and ESPN The Ticket out of Montgomery. He had the opportunity uh, earlier in the week to sit down and talk with Peyton Thorne, Auburn's new quarterback transfer, and have about a 17, 18-minute conversation with him uh, about what the portal process was like, why he chose Auburn, and really just talk about mm-hmm. Auburn and Hugh Freeze. And so, really, really good interview. Uh, we will play that for you in case you didn't hear it. Uh, to start off hour number two, we'll talk about it, break it all down. He had some really, really good things to say. And so, uh, we'll talk about that and play that for you right at 3 o'clock. But you've seen Auburn go and get Peyton Thorne. Uh, you've seen Auburn go and get uh, Jalen McLeod. That was the one that really started this whole it really got the whole ball rolling was that announcement. You saw Caleb Burton, the wide receiver from Ohio State. You're starting to see some noise with other wide receivers. Uh, Jaden Muskrat, the offensive lineman that's come in. So Auburn's done well. Auburn football, that is, has done well in the transfer portal. And again, you're starting to see some more news and some more noise, I should say, about Auburn in the transfer portal because they're not done. They're not no, done. not not at all. I think they're, you're going to see Auburn add two more receivers. I think your most likely candidates at this point in time. I don't think Keon Coleman is happening. I don't think uh, the UTSA kid is happening. I think he's going to end up at Texas. If I had to guess right now, um, Keon Coleman. I guess it's down. I think it's FSU. I think it's probably FSU, which good for him because that's a really talented player going to a really talented FSU team that's going to win the ACC, by the way. Oh, uh, prediction. Also, have we seen, have you seen that enormous receiver that they have? That's, he's like a, he's like a character from the movie Avatar. At FSU? Yeah, he's six foot seven. Holy smokes. Uh, a receiver? Yes. 
No, I have not seen him. He was he was on the team last year, but you but nobody paid attention to nobody paid attention to the ACC last year because the ACC was a joke. The only game um, the only game people watched at Florida State last year was the opening game when they beat LSU on yeah, what was and a horrible both teams result. looked like they were going to go six and six, and both turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, they did. That? They did. Well, look. Coleman is good. Um, that's really been the feeling, though, is that he was going to Florida State. It, people felt like it was it was Florida State's to lose, and sort of seems like where he may end up. But but you have Jair Shorter, mm-hmm. who whose stats are honestly hilarious. Like you you don't see stats uh, like he had at North Texas, where he had twenty three catches, I believe. Uh, he had 23 catches, 628 yards, 11 touchdowns last year. Um, he's a one-year guy. He's already played five, five years of college ball. Uh, so some some red shirts and probably medical red shirts in there. I know um, that's that's been something. If you if you look at his past, I think he's had an ankle injury or two, um, but I think he's he's healthy now. I think Auburn's in a really good spot for him in his two full seasons. That we've seen him play, so not the uh, pandemic season where it was shortened, not the injury seasons or the redshirt seasons. Uh, he has, I believe, forty-seven catches for, I think it's a thousand one hundred one yards and twenty touchdowns. Uh, if you can get half of that out of him, because you're probably going to have him be your number two, number three receiver. I'm, I'm. Curious to see what's going to happen, what they're going to use Caleb Burton like. I think he may be a little more in the slot. Uh, I think there you can kind of look at these Ohio State receivers that have kept coming out, the JSNs, the Garrett Wilson, the Chris Olaves. I think you kind of lump Caleb Burton in that mold. He was a really hyped-up player coming out of high school. I'm excited to see what he can do because the runway is clear. The runway is clear. He can take off. At Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. Egbuka is there. And they got some freshmen coming in that looked impressive in their spring game. I don't know how clear that runway was for him to get get significant run, get significant playing time, and and see what he can do. Yeah, Auburn gives him an opportunity for that. I'm fascinated to see what he can do. Um, and then Montana Lamonius Craig... Uh, Lamanius Craig, Lamonius Craig. I think it's Lamanius, but who knows? Um, one of the best names in the transfer portal. Um, he's a solid player. 6'2, 185, I believe. I'm still skeptical on that. I, I am. Because what do you mean? We saw him we saw him obviously have a, a fantastic spring game, right? Yes. In Colorado. He he went off, quote unquote, went off in the spring game, which again, it's a, a practice, but other than that, I just haven't. We haven't seen him do it on the field, and I'm not saying he can't be good, and I'm not saying he won't be good, but he's one of those where, yeah, you're kind of taking a risk. Now, when you look at him size wise and capability wise and, and potential, he fits right in with the Auburn receivers because he could walk in and be a, a an instant impact player. What if I told you at the Power Five level last year on a really bad offense, on a on an abysmal offense with a bad coaching staff, all the bad all the bad circumstances, he posted what would have been the second best receiving stat line on Auburn's team last year. It's impressive, trailing but I, only Javaris Johnson. 
I think that speaks more to what Auburn's receiver room yes, was. Yes, but that's what I'm saying is the receiver room is so rough. Mm-hmm. We're going to say rough because we don't want to upset anybody in their confidence. Um, but <laughs> um, the It's so inexperienced, not a lot of production, not a lot of people you can rely on. Outside of Javarius Johnson's the only guy who you can you can legitimately look at and say, that's a known commodity. Maybe Nick Mardner. Maybe. Yeah. With maybe. with what he did uh at Hawaii, with what he kind of did at Cincinnati. It was a significant drop off last year. Uh you kind of know what he's gonna be, and I don't think that's gonna be that great. Which is, which is why I'm okay with Auburn going after a guy like Caleb Burton who has never played or a, a yes. Craig who hasn't well, done spectacular things just yet. Shorter and Craig give Lamontis Craig give you um, experience. Guys who've at least got besides Javarius Johnson have gone out and caught 20 plus balls in a year and can prove they no, can no, actually no, nobody catch the else, football. Nobody else on this team has really done that. Yeah, your next. Your next producer, the guy that you expect to make a big impact, is Camden Brown. Camden Brown's got a really high ceiling. I think he can be really, really good. He's got everything you want. Physically, athletically, he's got the size, the strength. Um, I think he can be an absolute monster. But you have not really seen it. And that's what I keep coming back to. When you look at the Auburn receivers last year, you had Javarius Johnson, 26 catches, 493 yards. Coy Moore had 20 catches for 314 yards. I guess he's your next most known commodity of the returners. That's it. And and honestly, and part of this is his fault for where he set expectations. 20 catches for 314 yards for a guy that talks as big of a game as Coy Moore did is underwhelming, regardless of the quarterback. Because preseason, he said, I think we have 2,000-yard receivers in the receiver room. No, you didn't. You didn't even have two 500-yard receivers in that receiver room. Yeah, and and again, that's why I'm okay with Auburn going and getting receivers. I'm fine with that because you have nothing to lose. I mean, you can... You need need bodies, depth, figure it out with your guys. Yeah, exactly. Make life as easy on Peyton Thorne as you can. Absolutely. I 100% agree. 334-321-1390. Want to take an early break? We've got Jack Cudden on the line who is in Oxford and wants to... Wants to talk a little baseball and kind of give us a little preview, see what, tell us what he's thinking. He is in Oxford before Auburn plays. Again, I believe their start time is 345 is what Auburn baseball said on Twitter. So yeah, he's our correspondent boots on the ground. Yeah, that's right. We got a man in action. We'll get to Jack Hutton as we wrap up hour number one when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines as we wrap up our number one. And Jack Hutton joining us from Oxford, Mississippi. He's there uh, watching and uh, I guess now covering Auburn baseball for us anyway. Jack, hope you're doing well, man. How are things over there? What's going on, fellas? Figured I'd be the chief correspondent as we uh, sit out in left field and uh, wait for this thing to get going here. What's going on? I mean, in in my head right now, Jack, you are like Jim Cantori in the middle of a hurricane, <laughs> blowing sideways with your your hard hat on, trying just trying to like survive. 
Well, we felt like that when we were walking on campus earlier. I mean, we, we actually got to go over and uh, look at, the, you know, Vaught Hemingway and uh, just kind of the campus and, and see what was going on. And half, about halfway back to the car, it started raining on us. And so we got the monsoon down. And uh, But fortunately, it looks like things are clearing up. Tarp is actually coming off the field uh, as I speak to you right now. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the Ole Miss players help out, and they're uh, – they're getting the tarp off right now, so we should be looking good for that 3.45 start time. Do we uh, Have we seen umpires yet? Have you had any conversations with umpires today? I have not today, no. Um, I uh, did have a little bit of, a, of one yesterday, but uh, that, was a different, that was a different sport. A um, little bit different sport, but um, <laughs> yeah, nothing. Haven't seen any today yet thus far. Um, I will tell you, and just before we, we continue going in this, I want to give a big shout-out to the Auburn High School softball girls. Um, they go up to the regional tournament, win one yesterday. They can't, unfortunately, get past uh, Enterprise, who takes them down twice, and they move on to the state tournament. But just an unbelievable year for that group, 31 wins um, on the season, and it was just uh, it was really fun to follow that team. Yeah, they were a lot of fun, and uh, and I know you are uh, you do such a good job covering them in play by play for for the Auburn High School Sports Network. But you are in Oxford watching and letting us know what's going on with Auburn baseball as they have a critical series versus Ole Miss uh, doubleheader today, and then uh, the series finale tomorrow over on the road. How are you feeling about this series, Jack? Because We've talked about Auburn, and they're at 11 SEC wins. The magic number is 14. They have a chance to get to that number this weekend if they play really, really well. How are you feeling for Auburn going into this series? You know, I think that there's, a, of course, a couple of ways that this thing could go, and I think it's very important now that you have moved into a doubleheader to, I mean, you, you got to find a way to get one of these, of course, because it's difficult in a doubleheader. I mean, it really can go either way when you – when you play one game and then the momentum is, let's say, Ole Miss comes out strong and, and they take the first game and they really have the momentum, I mean, that's tough to come back in game two and get things going again and, and you know, respond with a win. And so um, I think in double headers like this, the first game becomes really important to kind of set the tone for the day. And if Auburn, it's, if Auburn's the one that does it, I would feel really good about them go ahead and taking the series today and then, you know, gunning for a sweep tomorrow. Um Looking at just the SEC record in general, I mean, you got 11 SEC wins now. If you win two this weekend, you get to 13, and then you get two more, you're up to 15. Well, if that's four and two the rest of the way out, I'm looking at Auburn trying to sweep one of these two series against, you know, the bottom two SEC teams, really. If you can get a sweep somewhere and then win the other series, that's a five and one finish, and that's 16 SEC wins. and at that point, you're starting to at least knock on the door of hosting a regional. Now, I do think it'll still be fairly tough for Auburn to get that draw. I think they're going to have to do well in Hoover. Um, but anything can happen when you get to that number of wins. When's the last time Auburn did well in Hoover? It just feels like it never happens. Yeah, last year, of course, they do the one and done. Um, I believe was the last time they won in Hoover – Oh, was that Ole Miss back in 2018? Or no, I think that was uh, yeah, it was actually 2018. The last time they they won, they uh, Edward Julian hit the grand slam at the left, and uh, I think that's the last game that they won in Hoover. So yeah, been been quite a while since then. 
And what sucks is they were trying to go and play it at the Hoover Met against Sanford, and that game got rained out. And so uh, they don't get that preparation. But uh, yeah, Jack, you're in. You're in Oxford. You're watching the series. Did you? Is this your first time over there in Oxford? First time, yeah, we've ever been here. Um, and so, again, great campus. Really enjoyed kind of the walk around and, and uh, looking here in left field right now. It is a bigger facility, at least the baseball facility is, than I originally thought it was. You know, you'd seen it on uh, TV. I mean, you, you know about the outfield and everything like that. But the grandstand here is is a whole lot bigger than you would have thought. Um, really nice pavilion down the right field side, and, oh, and it's something nice that I hope Auburn takes after um, as they as they improve their stadium. Are you going to have a uh, beverage of choice in hand for home runs to throw them up uh, up in the air? I think uh, sitting in, you know, Section 30 or whatever it is, if I did that amongst a bunch of old Miss fans, I may get drinks thrown at me. <laughs> you're, not trying to, uh, you're not trying to have people mad at you for two days in a row, huh? Yeah, you're right. No, but, I mean, I think this for this series, of course, you're going to get Chase Hall up in game one. Um, and he's been, you know, he's, he's been a little bit inconsistent for Auburn this season. Uh, but he pitched really well last week against LSU, and so I think they're trying to ride that momentum. And then you're going to go Tommy Vale and Christian Herbert holds two guys that have put up a sub three ERA between those two the last three weeks. Uh, this is a really hot Auburn team and a really down Ole Miss team, and so you're just hoping that you can come into this one on the same high that you've had for the last two weeks. Uh, and then, kind of, if you put this to bed early, you may be able to get the other teams just kind of quit on it and uh, take tomorrow pretty easily. Is there is there any merit to my just? gut feeling worry that all these rain delays and postponements could lead to Auburn laying an egg this this weekend and dropping a series that they have no business dropping? Well, I think there's always legs to that. I mean, when you have odd conditions, I do think that always favors the the underdog because it's and the home team, the I feel like. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. It kind of levels the playing field more. And so I do think that that could be something that uh, caused it to be a little weird, but at the same time, I think this Auburn team is better than Ole Miss. I think they got a better offense. Um, Ole Miss is down bad. I mean, you know, Hunter Elliott is out for Ole Miss. He's been out most of the season. Um, yes, Joseph Gonzalez is out for Auburn, but I think the Auburn bullpen has started to kind of come into its own here as of late, and Ole Miss has kind of gone the other way. Jack, we are about to get out of here for the break. Man, we appreciate you calling in and giving us a little insight. Enjoy your trip, and uh, hopefully you can bring Auburn a couple wins. All right, guys. We'll try it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Jack. That is uh, Jack Hutton, good buddy of ours. Can't be in the studio. He ditched us to go to Oxford. And yeah, watch to, to go hang out with his dad. Yeah. On Mother's Day weekend. Yeah. What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> nah, Jack. We appreciate you calling in, buddy. Hope you're doing well and safe travels back to, to Auburn from the weekend. Stay tuned and be sure you're here at 3 o'clock. We're playing the Peyton Thorne interview when he was with Doug Amos in the Max Roundtable. That's coming up in hour number two. Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird.
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, May 12th, 2023. I'm Jacob Goins. Alongside me is always Carter Bird here in the studio at ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika Sports Leader for the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of hour number one, as we get underway here in hour number two, be sure to go and uh, you you can catch up with the podcast. Just find it at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Just kind of talk to all things Auburn athletics with baseball uh, getting underway in the next 45 minutes or so over at Ole Miss. Softball should be getting started uh, right about now as long as weather is okay in Fayetteville. I haven't checked on it recently, but Talked a lot about that. Uh, just talked Auburn football in general in the transfer portal. And then uh, Jack Hutton called in to give us his thoughts on Auburn baseball as he is over in Oxford to to watch Auburn and Ole Miss this weekend. And so if you missed any of that from the first hour, be sure to go and find the podcast. You can listen to it over the weekend. Just go to ESPNAU.com or search on the line wherever you get your podcast. But as we start hour number two, as promised, very excited uh, and excited for you, our listeners, to bring you this interview interview Doug Amos who is the host of the Max Roundtable from 11 to 2 Monday through Friday here on ESPN 106.7 and ESPN the ticket in Montgomery earlier in the week he had the chance to sit down with Peyton Thorne Auburn's transferred quarterback for 2023 talked to him for about 17 minutes about uh, him transferring to Auburn what he liked what he likes about Hugh Freeze and uh, and just what he's thinking about as he comes into this new uh, era and this new experience for him at Auburn football so thankful to Doug We appreciate Doug Amos letting us use this and borrow this. Uh, If you haven't heard it, you're going to enjoy it. We'll talk about it uh, when it's over and for the rest of the show. We'll talk about that and what this could be for Peyton Thorne and Auburn. So, again, this is Doug Amos, host of the Max Roundtable, sitting down with new Auburn transfer quarterback Peyton Thorne. Doug Amos, Charlie Trotman, Mike Lutzen, Kirkin here, and I know a lot of our Auburn fans in Montgomery are excited, but we're syndicated in Auburn, Opelika, and I know they're listening now because we've got Peyton Thorne on with us, one of the newest Auburn Tigers, the transfer from Michigan State, the two-time captain of the Spartans. Peyton, good morning to you, buddy. We very much appreciate your time. Good morning. Appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and having me on. Mike? Hey, Peyton, it's Mr. Lutz and Kirk and Mike. It's great to hear your voice and get reconnected. Oh, thank you. It's great to hear your voice as well. So let's talk some. Um, Auburn, it's my understanding you're coming to town on Sunday uh, to get things cranked up. And, and by the way, Charlie Trotman, my co-host, is a three-year starter at Auburn in, for, at quarterback back in the 70s. So he probably can uh, fill you in a little bit. But uh, what drew you to Auburn? What was it that said, that's where I want to be? Yeah, you know, uh, when I was down for my visit, you know, I was there for a day, just an unofficial visit, but, you know, it was a great time. Obviously got to meet Coach Freeze, Coach Montgomery, and listen to them talk football and, and watching what they do on offense, uh, along with uh, many other things, you know, getting to see the facility, getting to see the town, and then just everything that I've heard about Auburn and Auburn football has been nothing but great things. So uh, I was very excited when I was down there with my dad, you know, we talked for a while about it, and you know, I really, uh, you know, Coach Freeze made it made it an easy decision for me. 
Peyton, this is Charlie Trotman. We're extremely, extremely excited to, uh, to watch you in an Auburn uniform. One of the things I was going to ask you is anything in particular about the Hugh Freeze offense that, that drew you to, uh, to the Tigers and, and uh, the, uh, the possibility of uh, leading this, this offense, the first offense that Hugh Freeze will put on the field? Yeah, you know, I think you just look at his his history of offense, and I don't have, you know, the official numbers with me or anything like that, but obviously he's been a successful head coach and and has had successful offenses as well. And, you know, when I was watching film with them, just looking at the different things they do, uh, the different tempos they use, and um, just the way they get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and and different things that they do, you know, there's a lot of variety. And, uh, you know, they made it clear that uh, they value the quarterback and and they – make sure that, you know, a lot of things, um, you know, I try, I'm trying to word this the best way, but you know, it, it revolves around the quarterback, I guess you could say. You know, you, we're not, you, Coach sure. doesn't believe in trying to make somebody do something that he's not used to doing or, you know, his style isn't going to incorporate, you know. So, you know, I probably didn't word that completely the best, but, but I think yeah. you guys know what I'm saying. Well, to, to the audience, I, I'll tell you what I love about Peyton. I know his grandfather and grandmother from his father's side. I know his, his father. Um, there's a legacy there, Wheaton, Illinois, uh, Wheaton Central High School, uh, to Wheaton, Warrenville South. Um, to be on this show, Peyton just wouldn't just accept coming on this show. This is the quality young man you have. He wanted to make sure it was appropriate through Auburn Athletics and compliance, so we went that route versus just jumping on this this. Um, the show, and I'm, I'm not sure in today's day and age of what's going on with Transfer Portal and NIL and kind of the Wild West that a lot of kids are going to do that. So uh, I've been telling people, Peyton, since you uh, committed to come down here, you and I haven't met that often. If you remember, it was at Naperville Central. But it's uh, this is a young man that uh, is is an incredible football player, but more importantly, an incredible individual. So a lot of excitement for you to come down here and compete for this position and, and guide this team. And uh, I know um, you, you walked away from a lot of things. Uh, the opportunity to be a three-time captain for the Spartans is, I don't think, happened before. And some of the records that you've set, and I'm sure you weren't satisfied at how the season ended last year, so there's a chance to go do some new things. But um, as I told your dad, it, it's a great time right now to be an Auburn Tiger football fan because of the last two years, the struggle. Uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about the previous coach. He just wasn't the right fit. And I think people are glad that we're moving in a different direction and got a very quality coach in Hugh Freeze. I was blessed to meet Hugh Freeze in 2017. Um, it's an exciting time to be an Auburn Tiger football player. Peyton, how many times have you said, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, I was was saying, go ahead, go ahead, Dean, sorry about that. How many times have you said War Eagle, and have you practiced it? Yeah, you know, I I think your dad had a conversation with Mike about about the the phrase, but boy, Day, are you going to hear it a ton starting on Sunday? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've I've said it a few times. Obviously, it's not uh, you know, it's not probably as many Auburn fans up here in Michigan or Illinois, but I'm, I've heard they're everywhere. So once I get down there, I'm sure I'm going to hear it quite a bit. And and yeah, I had to ask. You know, when when somebody says War Eagle, I say you just say War Eagle back, right? And they say yeah, absolutely. Right. Because, you know, up here up here at Michigan State, the the deal is go green, they respond go white, and obviously you know. So I just had to make sure that I was saying that correctly. 
That's great, Peyton. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, one of the things, if I was a, a transfer quarterback now in the in the portal and had decided to come to Auburn, I would be wanting to make sure that I had a great opportunity to meet my teammates, to become, you know, enmeshed, uh, you know, in the uh, and immersed in the program as quickly as possible. What are your thoughts about um, coming down and and uh, and getting to, to know these guys and and uh, you know to be the leader that you are uh, and to have them recognize that? Yeah, it's a huge thing. You know, first off, it's been great ever since I uh, even went in the portal and then obviously announced that I was coming to Auburn. There's been a ton of guys that have reached out and you know, started talking to me from the team already. So that's been great. I've been talking with those guys. And, but once I get down there, you know, it's going to be great to get to meet everybody. I'm excited to meet, obviously, my teammates. And then also just the staff, the support staff, all the people involved. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know, getting to know those people. And, and as far as teammates go, you know, I think you, you just have to um, – hang out, honestly, and spend time together, and then get to know each other, and then things go from there. You know, you can't try to force stuff, if you know what I'm saying, and try to, you know, do too much in terms of some things, you know, so just getting to know each other, getting to hang out, learning what guys like. Obviously, there's going to be some guys teaching me, you know, what, what, what fun stuff there is to do in Auburn, you know, what what it's like uh, living in Alabama, you know, stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to it, and I think that uh, obviously this team's got a lot of great guys, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to meeting everybody. Peyton, it became very obvious when we saw Coach Freeze's comments after your commitment that he was after you. You were the guy he wanted uh, in that quarterback room with the 2023 Tigers. Uh, I'd like for you just to describe uh, yourself as a player to us. We've seen a lot of films since your uh, arrival into the transfer portal and then at Auburn. Looks like you got pretty good wheels. We know you can throw it. Uh, but just describe your game uh, and what the Auburn fans uh, have to look forward to in the fall. Yeah, I think that uh, if I were to describe my game, I would say um, I'm a guy who likes to obviously throw the ball around. I like I like throwing the deep ball. Um, I love throwing posts, goes, and getting the ball out there. I like getting the ball out of my hands quickly on certain RPO stuff. Uh, and then, like you said, you know, I feel like I can run uh, decently well. I'm not a you know super speedster, but I feel like I have good enough uh, speed to get around guys at times and get out of trouble when I need to. And then, uh, you know, I'm. I feel like a big part of my game has always been my accuracy uh, at times last year and maybe a little bit the year before. That was uh, a slight bit shaky at times, but you know that's something I've really been focused on and getting back to that because that was always a staple of my game throughout my whole life. And then, um, you know, just playing with toughness. Uh, I believe as a quarterback, you have to be tough. And, you know, that's both physically and mentally. And so that's something I work on at, at all times and, you know, feel like I present on the field in terms of, you know, physical toughness and then also always work on your mental toughness. Peyton, I, I was going to say that you know, as a quarterback, as a former quarterback, I would I would look at playing for Hugh Freeze like a little kid uh, on Christmas morning because you know he's going to throw the ball deep, and you were mentioning that you like to throw the ball deep. He's going to put pressure on uh, defensive backs like nobody nobody can do, and um, that's got to be exciting for you to look forward to. 
it's very exciting watching just you know I obviously haven't gotten the entire playbook and the entire rundown yet but just watching a little bit of film that we did when I was there you know, it was very exciting to watch some of the concepts and, and then watching the actual film of it happening on the field and then just listening to coach talk about how he's able to get matchups on guys how he's able to move different receivers around to create what we want on offense and kind of dictating what you know we're doing to a defense and not the other way around so it's very exciting and I'm, I'm excited to learn more from coach Freeze and coach Montgomery because they're a, a wealth of knowledge hey Peyton it's Mr. Lutz and I'm going to ask you a biased question how often are you going to use the tight end <laughs> Man, I, I mean, watching the tight end on film, it seems like a good amount. Obviously, you know, that's that's not completely my decision. You know, I'm going to go out there and try to execute the plays to the best of my ability. So um, where the ball goes, you know, it could be different on play-to-play. But, you know, our tight ends, from what I've seen, are, are pretty talented. So I'm excited to get down and get to work with them. and. And see what they bring to the table because from what I saw on film, we got some some pretty good tight ends. Yeah, I have a tendency to migrate to the tight end room when no, I'm on campus. You don't do that. <laughs> and uh, always, always telling Coach, Coach Melzon and then Coach Harson and all that, you know, you got tight ends here. And in the tight end room, I would tell you, you have some quality young men in that room and some quality size. So I'm excited to see how Coach Freeze is going to incorporate him, Coach Montgomery. But um, I'll be rooting for those tight ends to get the ball a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Peyton, I'm sure, I don't know, a limited visit time. Has anybody filled you in of what Jordan-Hare Stadium is like at an Auburn football game? I know that you played in a in a very uh, rocking stadium, too. I think y'all call it the Woodshed uh, Spartan Stadium uh, there at Michigan State. But has anybody filled you in just how crazy and impactful Jordan-Hare Stadium can be on a college football Saturday? Yeah, I've definitely had a few people make it very clear to me on how different uh, the stadium is, and uh, especially on game day, and then just the entire game day atmosphere, too, but, you know, especially the stadium, and I've been told it's the loudest stadium in the conference, so obviously that's really exciting, and then also, you know, I've heard that uh, pregame, when, when the guys are in the locker room, the locker room is soundproof. But, uh, you know, pregame, right before you're running out, you know, the locker room starts to shake. So I feel like that tells me all I need to know about about the atmosphere there. And, you know, I can't wait to, to see it. Obviously, I haven't been on a game day visit or anything like that. But you know, I, I can't wait. I can only imagine. You know, the first thing that you'll do on that game day, uh, getting off the bus, Peyton, is you'll do Tiger Walk. And I know you've heard about that, but it's where you walk for uh, several hundred yards to the stadium through the crowd. And the crowd is going to be really, you know, bunched in and and, uh, excited to see all of you. And uh, that's a a fun experience. And uh, I know you'll look forward to that. And uh, I guess, you know, the last thing I was going to ask you, Peyton, uh, is when when you um, when you decided that you wanted to come to Auburn, was there was there a, you know anything in the uh, the, the I, I guess the the way that you looked at the Southeastern Conference itself as a place that you were going to play. I know we have so much respect down here for the Big Ten, and I just wondered, you know, what your thoughts were about playing in the SEC and really more specifically in the SEC West. 
Yeah, obviously, it's an amazing opportunity, and I'm extremely excited about it. You know, my whole life, everybody talks about the SEC West as the best division in football. And, you know, I think if you look back at the stats, there's no arguing that. And, uh, you know, I believe in the last few years, and especially two years ago, you know, I, I, I always told people that I believe the second best division of football was the Big Ten East, and that's where, you know, we played in. So I'm extremely excited to get down and, and to play against this competition. And obviously my whole life being in football, everybody talks about the SEC and how the SEC, you know, it just means more for one, and then it's just different. <laughs> and so I, I've, I've noticed that in my little time being down there. And then... You know, I remember growing up and watching SEC football and watching CBS and you know hearing the, the little music uh, on the commercial breaks and everything. So it's exciting. And obviously I've heard all the, the stuff you can hear about it. And it's going to be uh, fun and it's going to be a great challenge. And I'm excited for it. Mike Payton's done his homework, man. Uh, he knew about the stadium. He knows about it just means more. He knows about the CBS music. Yeah. Uh, this guy's <laughs> done, done his homework. Well, you're not going to play quarterback at any level. <laughs> Level, especially in the Big Ten or the SEC, with not having some smarts. So. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> you know, Charlie, as we let Peyton go, uh, is there something special about Auburn quarterback legacy? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you're 40 years removed uh, from yours, but here's the, the newest quarterback on the roster. There's got to be a connection there among all you guys. Well, there is, and, and uh, you know, Peyton, I'll look forward to meeting you and uh, the guys that have played quarterback back at Auburn, uh, you know, all the way back to Pat Sullivan and even before and, you know, through Cam Newton and uh, just, you know, it means it, it, it is a great uh, uh, honor to have played quarterback uh, at Auburn and I know that you'll approach it in that same manner and uh, to have a, a kid like you coming in, uh, Peyton, is, is so exciting for all of us former players, not to mention the fans, but but the former players are so excited about you as well, and I want you to know that. Well, thank you. That's that's exciting to hear. And you know, I, I plan on getting down there and getting to work and having fun doing it. And can't wait to meet all of my teammates and meet the rest of the coaching staff, and, and obviously meet guys like you too, who mean so much to the program and have done so much for the program. And uh, just just feeling that overall environment of Auburn football, I'm, I'm really excited. Hey, do we know what number you're wearing yet? You're wearing the same number you wore at, at in uh, East Lansing, or has that been determined? Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. Uh, I don't know if it'll be 10 again. But, uh, you know, hopefully, I, I think in a few days I'll know for sure. But I, I don't know 100% yet. I can't say. Hey, man, we got to get those jerseys selling. So we need to get that information That's out right. as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll man, try to figure that out. What a pleasure. Mike told us what a family legacy you have with just a high character. Uh, and we certainly felt that today in our visit with you. Thank Thanks so much for your time. Safe travels down on Sunday, and uh, just uh, buckle your seatbelt, buddy. It's going to be a fun ride for you in Auburn. Where you go, Peyton? 
That is the interview with Peyton Thorne, Auburn's new quarterback transfer with Doug Amos, host of the Max Roundtable. A big thank you to him for allowing us to use that audio. That interview was just a couple of days ago. We'll react to it. We'll talk about what Peyton had to say about Auburn, about Hugh Freeze, and everything else in that interview. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. We'll give our thoughts on it, and we'd love to hear from you with that interview with Peyton Thorne, from Doug in the Max Roundtable. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio at ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird with you on the Friday edition of On the Line. Got a few minutes before our bottom of the hour break. And uh, hopefully you all enjoyed the interview that Doug Amos, host of the Max Roundtable, uh, had with Peyton Thorne, Auburn's new quarterback transfer. And uh want to talk about that just a little bit because... Auburn's they, starting quarterback transfer. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, they, they're, still, they're still a battle. Okay. There's, there's still a battle. He has to I mean, it, but <laughs> what do we expect Hugh Freeze to say? That's all I'm saying. Exactly. But he talked about Hugh Freeze and his offense and his past success with quarterbacks and his high-powered offense and how it's quarterback-friendly and talked about Auburn and just how special of a place it is and how excited he is to get to Auburn and meet his teammates and see the playbook and get going. I think Auburn fans should be excited about what he had to say in that interview. Yeah, I mean, I, I look. Peyton Thorne's going to come in with a veteran mindset. He's going to come in ready. Uh, he's an experienced guy. Twenty nine starts in his career, or twenty nine games played, uh, at least. I don't know how many starts he had in that first year, but I know that he has twenty five starts in the last two years. Look, I mean, he brings something. He brings some. He'll bring a maturity. He'll bring experience to that room um, that I don't think is in there with the fact that. Robbie Ashford's only played in seven games. Um, Holden Gurner's played in what two? And got thrown one? to the Wolves. Well, yeah, his first pass attempt was not even a pass attempt; it was a backwards fumble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I just think that that interview that he had really good things to say about Auburn and about the the situation and Hugh Freeze and how. Look, we know what Hugh Freeze could do with quarterbacks. We know he has he has a proven track record of what he can do with quarterbacks, and so I think Peyton Thorne should be excited, and I think Auburn fans should be excited. Look, if Hugh Freeze can do what he did last year, given the injury situation at quarterback, I mean, he lost Charlie Brewer, he lost um, what was the the um, there was the quarterback that. Auburn was after coming out of high school. Oh. It's it's he he was he went somewhere else, but he was hurt as well. He took his four string quarterback to Fayetteville, Arkansas, the week after Auburn got beat by two touchdowns at home against Arkansas, and he went on the road with a four string quarterback and beat him. Mm-hmm. Now beat him a bad Arkansas team, but they still won. Well, I'm just saying, compared to the week before where Auburn had Arkansas at home, and Arkansas dominated the game. And the next week, Liberty's on the road at Arkansas with a four-string quarterback and upsets them. Mm-hmm. Which I is, know it's not a great Arkansas team, but it's still an SC team. I agree. No, I agree. I mean, Liberty should be extremely proud of that. And so, with all that being said... Hugh Freeze can do some Kate really good... Salter is who I'm thinking. Salter, that's it. 
Yep, that's exactly it. Well, with what we know that Hugh Freeze has done with quarterbacks and what we already know that Peyton Thorne is, again, is he going to come in here and light the world on fire? Probably not. But he's going to come in and be a solid quarterback. He's not going to be a a sore spot at the quarterback position. He's not going to be a weakness at the quarterback position. You will not, for the most part, not saying he's going to play perfect every single game and every single snap, but I have a pretty good feeling that in the fall after a game and we come into the studio on a Monday afternoon, more than likely, if Peyton Thorne is your starting quarterback, we will not be sitting here and, and complaining well, if Peyton Thorne did this, or if Peyton Thorne did that, or if he didn't well, do this. I mean, you always nitpick the quarterback position, so I, that probably will happen in some capacity. But what what I think it does is it just the the roller coaster. There's there's not going to be crazy highs and crazy lows. Mm-hmm. Well, we always which say is, which is what life would be like this next season with Robbie Ashford. Robbie Ashford may go get an upset that you, she has no business getting. But they'll also lose a couple games that he has no business losing. Well, the saying always goes, quarterbacks get too much love and they get too much hate. And so we'll see what that is with Peyton Thorne. But when we come back, want to pick up our conversation from yesterday about the SEC win totals this fall. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. And Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Carter Bird here on ESPN 1067. We are rocking and rolling on a Friday afternoon, and we got into this a little bit yesterday, Carter, and had a lot of fun and wanted to get back into it and really dive deep into this because DraftKings, uh, they released their, earlier in the week, they released their 2023 win totals for the SEC football teams, and I want to go through and give our thoughts, and and we'll get some paper, we'll write it down, and and we'll make our picks. You want to go through? You let's start with the yeah with the we'll, seven on the left. Yep, yep. Well, I'm going to name them all, and then we'll go back through, yes. and we'll 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 make because our predictions. We have tiebreakers of Texas and Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. I like it. I like it. So here it is, and we'd love to uh, uh, get your thoughts on any of these three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Starting at the top, Georgia. 11 and a half. All right. So these are all going to be halves because they're betting odds. They're betting. They don't lines. have to be halves, but all of these are. They, they are, yes. They but, don't have but, to be. Because remember, Colorado was five at one mm-hmm. point. Colorado's down some places to three. Also, Colorado is like the second most popular national championship pick in betting, which they're is over ridiculous. Under, they're over under some places opened at five and a half, and there's some. Sports books I have seen that have it down at three. That's how badly people think they're going to fall on their face. It's either going to be really bad or people no, think they're going to no. win the national championship, which is ridiculous. Horrendous. Oh, it is. I agree. I agree. So looking at the SEC win totals for 2023, according to DraftKings, starting at the top, Georgia at 11 and a half, which means if they lose a game, they would go under. Alabama, 10 and a half. Tennessee, 9 and a half. LSU, 9 and a half. Ole Miss, seven and a half. Arkansas, seven and a half. Texas A&M, seven and a half. Then you get to South Carolina, six and a half. Kentucky, six and a half. 
Missouri six and a half, Mississippi State six and a half, and Auburn six and a half wins. And then the bottom two, Florida five and a half, and Vanderbilt at three and a half. So all but two SEC teams, according to DraftKings and their betting lines, are making a bowl game. And you have two teams that get double digit wins, and you have four teams that are t- or five teams that are tied at six and a half wins over or under. So let's go through. And let's give our picks. We'll talk it out a little bit as we have about 30 minutes left in the show. We'll start at the top and work our way through with Georgia at 11 and a half wins. We know that Georgia is going to be the best team in college football, and it's not even going to be close, right? We know there is a chance they go undefeated, and it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world. And you look at their schedule. They play in the East. Their toughest game is going to be Tennessee. And other than that, the only time they're going to lose or have a chance at losing is in the college football playoff. And so, or possibly the SEC championship game, but I don't even see that. So, in your mind, Carter, over or under on 11.5 wins for the Dogs? All right, when I when I pull up the schedule, it's so fortunate for them when you look at the schedule's not that scary because your road games in the SEC are as follows at Auburn. At Vanderbilt, at Tennessee. At Tennessee is the hardest game on their schedule. Mm-hmm. The two games that give me any pause are at Auburn and at Tennessee. I think they win both. I think they're going undefeated. I I don't see where they're going to slip up because it sure as heck ain't in Jacksonville against Florida. Yeah. It sure as heck, I don't think, is going to be at home against Kentucky. I don't think it's going to be against South Carolina either. You're not losing. The whole old missed a 17 points, and they'll score if 31. That. If that, I mean, but Ole Miss will be lucky to score 17 points against Georgia. They're they're going undefeated. I'm going over. I'm going to go under. I'm going to take under 11 and a half for Georgia. They will lose a game somewhere, whether it be at I, Tennessee. I just don't know who has the. I don't either. I'm I don't just, know who has the dogs to do it. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm with you. I that mean, was not a intentional pun until I realized it was going to be an, an but it worked an unintentional out. Pun. Yeah, it worked out. Maybe LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship game, or maybe they meet Ohio State in the national championship game. But other than that, I mean, I don't know. I'm LSU, take my, LSU will have a chance. Alabama's not going to be there, and we're and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes, I'm going under eleven and a half just because. There's a chance they slip up, and it's hard to go undefeated in college football. It really is. But if anybody could do it this year, it would be Georgia. I'm taking under 11 and a half. Alabama, 10 and a half wins in the SEC in 2023. I'm going under, Carter. I'm going under 10 and a half wins. That team does not get to double digit wins. Yes, they will get probably eight or nine. That team is not as good as people think they are. They're not. And their schedule's not all that great either. And so. So I when, take I'm going under Alabama ten and a half wins. I I think Texas Week Two is going to be a real barometer game. At least they're I, at home for that. I think that because we we know how last year went. There's I mean it's Colt McCoy Part Two for a lot of people. Yeah. If if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt because Quinn Ewers was lighting it up, he was balling in that game, and then he wasn't really the same until like the bowl game. I want to say, um, if. They struggle with Texas or lose against Texas. It's I think it's going to get rocky. I think it's going to get rocky because all of a sudden that at A and M game 
because we know how weird A&M is and how how they somehow play Alabama tough every time. Tennessee. Tennessee's going to have the relatively, in my mind, the uh, a, a similar explosive offense. You obviously lose uh, Hyatt. You lose your quarterback. I think Joe Milton, if he puts pieces together, can be a better version of Hinden Hooker. Is that is that wow. crazy to say? No, I don't think it's crazy. If he if he puts it together with how many deep balls they or they how many deep routes they run with mm-hmm. his cannon, I mean it could be absolute fireworks. LSU's straight up better than him. LSU's gonna beat Alabama. At Kentucky could get dicey, and then we know what happens in Jordan Air Stadium in the Iron Bowl. Yep. I'm going under. I'm going under as well. Under 10.5 wins. What Alabama has going for them, Texas at home. Arkansas at home. Tennessee at home. LSU Oh, it's an easy schedule in terms of they get so many tough games at home. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason they'll flirt with 10.5, but I don't think they get it. I think LSU beats them. I think Tennessee has a chance to beat them. I think Auburn has a chance to beat Alabama. If Brian Harson can almost beat Nick Saban in Alabama and Bryce Young... In Jordan-Hare Stadium two years ago, Hugh Freeze with this team absolutely has a chance. We're both going under 10.5 for Alabama. How about Tennessee at 9.5? This one this one is one of those where you could go either way and you can make an argument for either one. You look at Tennessee's schedule. They open up with Virginia. Their third game of the year is at Florida, which it's a tough place to play in the swamp, but we don't think Florida is going to be all that good. Your toughest games... Your, your toughest game of the first four is that UTSK, UTSA game. Yeah, and the toughest game on the entire schedule is at Alabama or home for Georgia. And Georgia because of what they are. But your toughest game is at Alabama because you're in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Other than that, you have A&M at home as your other SEC West crossover. You're at Kentucky. So back-to-back games at Alabama, at Kentucky is tough. You do have Georgia at the end of the year. But Tennessee's going to beat Vanderbilt and Missouri and UConn and Tennessee and Texas A&M and South Carolina and UTSA and Florida and Austin P and Virginia. I'm going over. I got Tennessee at double-digit wins. I'm going under. I think they lose. They lose at Alabama this year. I think they lose to Georgia. And all you got to have to hit the under on all the other games, like they're going to beat Virginia. You got to drop one. And we saw what South Carolina did to to him last year. At Kentucky could be interesting. They'll find a way to drop one more. I've got them going under. Interesting. How about LSU at nine and a half? That team, that team could be really, really good. And I think they are really good. For LSU, their win total, according to DraftKings, nine and a half. Some of these we're going to go in more depth on. Some of them will kind of just fly through. But LSU is an interesting one. LSU, nine and a half. What are you going what gives me pause is game one. Yeah. FSU's going to be really good, too. I think, ooh, here we go. I think LSU goes under, but wins the West. Interesting. Under as in getting nine wins? Nine and three, and they'll go, what, six and two in conference play? I think they drop one or two that they shouldn't. And I think they beat Alabama, have that tiebreaker, and they lose to Florida State. I'm just going to make that because it's really bold. And it's 
you got to thread a needle there. Yeah, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. I look at their schedule up and down. You start from the top really quickly as we kind of got to get through these. Florida State, that's a coin flip, man. They should have won it last year. I think they will win it this year. I think they beat Florida State. They'll beat Grambling. They'll beat Mississippi State. They'll beat Arkansas. They'll beat Ole Miss. They'll beat Missouri. It's going to be a 6-0. They're going to drop one of Arkansas at Ole Miss, at Missouri, and Auburn at home and because they they just find a way to like drop a weird one. I, I just have that gut feeling, and that's the stretch where one of those games is going to jump up and bite them, and it's going to be a game that you're not expecting. That's fair. But there's a good chance if they don't. Army. Or Army in the trappiest trap game of all time. Army is a scary game, game, man. Army is a scary game in the the late October. run of SEC games. A bunch of road games. Yeah. uh, And you welcome Army before you're by? Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, miss me with that. But there's a good chance that LSU, if they take care of business, they're 6-0 when Auburn comes to town. So... That would be a scary scene for Auburn if they happen to get off to a hot start before going to LSU. Nine and a half is tough. I'm going to go under because I like your number at nine, partner. I'm going to take LSU at nine wins also, but under on their win total. We'll fly through these really quickly. Ole Miss and Arkansas, both at seven and a half. A&M as well at seven and a half. What do you think about those three? Ole Miss is going five and seven. I will die on this hill. Ole Miss is going, Ole Miss is going to be bad. Legitimately bad. Arkansas. Going to take a significant step back. Their schedule is bizarre, too, because for some reason they're like, hey, let's play BYU again. I don't know why. You should never schedule BYU. You should never schedule an FCS team with Dakota in the name, and you should never schedule BYU or a triple option team, for that matter. Yeah. Um, I've got Arkansas and Ole Miss going under. I do, too. I have both of them going under 7.5. I just don't think they're... They'll compete, but they're not going to get many wins in the SEC this year, especially the SEC West. Texas A&M at 7.5. What do you think about them? I think they win at Miami. I think they edge Auburn out at home. I'm going over. Going over seven and a half. I'm going over. I think their losses will be LSU, Tennessee, and they'll lose one of Alabama and Ole Miss, and they'll go nine and three, which feels yeah. gross to say with yeah. Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher. I don't hate home. it, but their schedule's not all that tough. It's really not. I mean, yeah, they start at Miami in week two, but then their toughest road game is at Tennessee and at LSU which I think they'll win one of those three at Tennessee, at Miami, at LSU. I think they can win at least one. If they win two, they're in good shape. I'll take A&M over seven and a half as well. You get to the bottom half now. South Carolina, there's a bunch of teams at six and a half, including all. You want to throw the break and then we hit the back half here? Let's do that. At the end of the show? Yep, let's do that. We will. I've got A&M going under or over seven and a half. You do as well. We'll get to our final break, come back, and we'll talk about the other half of the SEC teams and their win totals for 2023, according to DraftKings, including Auburn, who sits at six and a half. Stay tuned. We'll wrap it up when we come back. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
All right, let's hop back into this. We got a few minutes. We got to go kind of rapid fire here. And we'll talk some more about this as other lines come out and other projections come out. But talking SEC football win totals for 2023, according to DraftKings. Okay, there are five teams, according to DraftKings, that are tied with expectations set at six and a half wins. Those teams include South Carolina, Kentucky. Some of these are dumb. (laughs) South Carolina. Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Out of those five, which ones go over and which ones go under in your mind, Carter? I think South Carolina's going over. Because, I mean, when I look at their schedule, they get Furman, State at home, Florida at home, at Missouri, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt. I think they win all those. That brings you to six wins. And all of a sudden, you got to get one of Clemson at home, who you beat last year, Kentucky at home. At A and M, or or uh, at Tennessee, or the UNC neutral site game, I've got them going over. I can't figure out what I want to do on South Carolina, man. I just can't figure it out because you look at their schedule at North Carolina or that neutral site game against North Carolina. I keep getting tripped up. It says at it's neutral site against North Carolina. I think the Tar Heels win it in a shootout. I'm going like 45-42 North Carolina to open that game. He won some points on opening weekend. It's that game right there. They'll beat Furman. Georgia, no chance. Mississippi State at home, you should get it. At Tennessee, no. And so I've got them at 2-3 and three to start the year. Florida, you should at home be given what Florida's going to be. That's three wins. At Missouri, you should. That's four. I'm not giving them the game at Texas A&M. I'll give them Jacksonville State. I'll give them Vanderbilt. And then you have to beat either Kentucky or Clemson. I just don't know, man. You get them at home. You get all those final four games at home, which is strong if you're South Carolina. I'm going under. I've got them right at six wins. I have South Carolina at six wins on the money. Okay. So now we move to Kentucky. Mm. Have you looked at Kentucky's schedule? No. Not in depth. It would be a disappointment if they don't start 5-0 and going to Athens. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron at Vanderbilt, Florida at home. You should be 5-0. and Give me Kentucky over. Easy. Over you six and a half. Missouri easy. at home. Mississippi State. Yeah, that's, that's the easiest over on the board yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. Over six and a half for Kentucky. Missouri and Mississippi State. I'm going under six and a half for both of them. Uh, yes. Missouri has South Dakota. They'll figure out a way to make that a game. Maybe lose that one. K-State's going to buzzsaw them. I'm not sure they're going to beat Memphis. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to be sitting there in week four, week five actually, having a conversation about, is this when Vanderbilt gets that elusive fourth win? Because I like it. I like it. It's at home against Missouri. Uh, yeah, Missouri didn't have a chance. Eli Drinkwitz, we know you got the fake extension this past year for no reason. Um, bye, you're yeah. not going to be the coach in 24. With Mississippi State, I uh, just I don't know what they're going to be, man. And nobody does, given what they've had to, what they are going through, and what they are going to go through this season. I mean, they have to play. I mean, they have Arizona coming in in week two, which which Arizona last year was at the beginning of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. I think Arizona gets them this year. They very well might. Then you have to turn around and play home against LSU at South Carolina, home for Alabama. Dude, there's a legitimate chance State has one and four start. Yeah. 
And then you have to play at Arkansas, at Auburn, home for Kentucky, at A&M. It's going to be a brutal year for Mississippi State. Give me under six and a half. Easy on them. We'll skip Auburn just a second. What do you have for State? Under by a mile for State. We've talked a lot about Florida. Their win total is five and a half, which seems insane for the Florida Gators football program. They're going to be so bad. We all need to know that. And it's going to start in week one where they go on the road to Utah and take a sledgehammer to the teeth. They're losing week one. They're losing to Tennessee in week three. They're losing at Kentucky in week five. They're losing at South Carolina in week seven. Then they're not beating Georgia. And then depending on where they're at mentally, they could lose to that Arkansas team. Mm. They're not winning at LSU. They're not beating Florida State. Where are you at mentally when you when you are getting every other week you're getting smashed by somebody who's better than you? Yeah. And you run into Arkansas and Missouri late in the year. There's a real chance they lose the last five games of the year. Florida's going four and eight. I'll give them five just because I think they figure out a game somewhere, but I'm going under five and a half. I'll give Florida five wins on the year, and Billy Napier may not be in Gainesville this time next season. Vanderbilt is going over three and a half wins, folks. It's happening. They're getting at least four you know, wins. It's also cheating, though, because they they play Hawaii, and they get two off weeks because they play in week zero. It's the Hawaii rule, the yes. Hawaii loophole. Yep. Yeah, they should start 2-0, and oh, Hawaii, Alabama A&M. They should beat UNLV. Wake Forest is going to be a lot more fun than we think. Wake Forest has been pretty good, but Sam Hartman's not there anymore. The slow read option, I wonder what it looks like without... I mean, they they had two pretty good quarterbacks in a row at Wake Forest. That one's going to be interesting. They're going to beat Missouri at home. Regardless, they're getting to four wins. I think they, they... I think Vanderbilt gets to five. I think they... I think they get to five... And if they have a miracle season, they could flirt with a bowl game. Flirt with a bowl game. I don't think they get there. Okay. Let's not take crazy pills I don't think they get there. I think they could flirt with it, though. Three and a half is disrespectful to Vanderbilt. Auburn will go a lot more into depth next week. Quickly, though, Auburn goes over six and a half wins. Yeah, Auburn's eight and four. Easily. Easily. Easiest schedule they've had in 20-something years. No doubt about it. What a show. What a week. If you missed any of it, catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com. Have a great weekend. Come back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.